This WebmasterRadio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. AFCON 2010, where affiliates always attend for free. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Make your plans now to be at the most affordable, informative, interactive trade show anywhere. Haven't made your plans to join us? Then it's time to act fast. We have secured a limited number of hotel rooms at the fabulous Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, the official host hotel of AFCON 2010. Book your reservations at our exclusive AFCON 2010 special rate by going to bit.ly slash cheap hotel. That's bit.ly slash cheap hotel. These rooms are guaranteed to be sold out fast. Remember, AFCON 2010 is giving you two days of back-to-back sessions, keynote presentations, exhibit access, and incredible nighttime networking for free. Plus, we're giving you unbelievable room specials for a limited time. Book your rooms now by going to bit.ly slash hotel. AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCOM2010.com. That's AFFCOM2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondy, Fab Fondy J, John Fondy. And once again, welcome to Inboxed Radio. This is, of course, the March 10th, 2010 edition of Inboxed Radio. I'm the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondy. And, of course, welcome you all to a great, great show. If you're just joining us for the first time or if you haven't been around for a while, you can listen to the show on webmasterradio.fm. That's webmasterradio.fm. Or you can go to the inboxedradio.com site. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com where you can actually uh, listen to the show and you can also comment. We've got a chat room that Anthony has put up and he'll be monitoring the chat room on our side as well as Brasco will be monitoring the chat room at uh, webmasterradio.fm. And if you uh, ask a question, we use that question on the air or you answer one of our questions correctly, we've got an inbox hat that will be sending out to you as well. Got a great, great show for you here today and a great show next week already planned as well. We're going to uh, talk with uh, Kevin DiVincenzi, the clip father. And we're going to talk a little bit about recent news that just came out uh, about a law that was sort of passed in Colorado, HB 1193. We're going to bring Ben Kelly in um, from the Internet Law Center. We're going to talk about that a little bit. It seemed like the, the tide kind of turned a little bit, and we're going to find out really what the what the 411 on that is as well. And again, um, also glad to have DJ Warlow. He's going to uh, fill us in on his recent blog, and that blog is also uh, on the inboxradio.com. .com sites, you can actually go pull that up and take a look at it, and uh, and then also uh, we're going to have Alex 
Williams of Eroy Hoodley with us, and we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit and talk about uh, about some email stuff and everything like that. So anyway, that's kind of really what our show is. And of course, always glad to have Sydney and TC uh, on the show as well, talk about the new HUD offers and, and what's been going on as well. But of course, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my uh, partner in crime here, uh, sidekick to the stars. And of course, I'm talking to Kevin DiVincenzi, better known as the Click Father. Hey, welcome to the show, Kevin. Hey, thanks, John. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. It's kind of interesting as we kind of put together the show how how much information there is out there, and it's and it's really become difficult uh, to kind of as, as we toss stuff back around. But I've got some interesting facts for you here, Kevin, and this is really yeah, something that you and I've talked about uh, before. And um, basically, it's. Uh, it basically says that spending on digital advertising is poised to surpass print for the first time in 2010. This is according to a new study that was prepared even before the announcement came out of Apple's iPad. So with all the media game change and potential and all that stuff, it's bound to happen. And I think it's going to be this year. In fact, out of the collective $368 billion budget for 2010, um, experts say that 32.5% advertisers will spend on digital advertisements and only 30% on print. Kevin, we knew that we knew that this was this was going to take place, and with budgets on, on the line and stuff like that, you know, uh, it was just a matter really of not uh, not when you know not how it would take place, but just but when, sure, John. I think Looks that like uh, you know online advertising is so much uh, more measurable, and you can get a, a much quicker um, barometer of what works and what doesn't work. That I mean, it was it was uh, just a matter of time before it starts surpassing, and I'm sure it's going to really make strides over the next year. Um, so it's very exciting. It's a very exciting time. Well, it is, and when you move over to the television arena, um, I don't know if you know this, our listeners know this, but uh, the big the big agencies will all get together, and they will basically uh, have kind of a uh, have a television auction, if you will, and they'll basically commit a certain amount of their budgets right at the first year, within right near the end of the fourth quarter, the first quarter of the year, and they'll commit a certain amount of money to a particular ad buy, if you will, for that particular year. Right. And we saw that that commitment was even down this year as well, too. So it sounds like, uh, Kevin, that you you and uh, XY7.com and your associates are in the right place at the right time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, uh, it's a very exciting time to be, you know, a lot of great opportunities. Well, let's uh, let's touch real quickly on uh, on what we had talked about a little bit before, and bring Bennett in here. Um, I I really thought that, um, and we posted a letter uh, uh, or an email that came from Amazon.com uh, that went out to the associates, and this came out on March eighth, two thousand and ten. And basically, the subject line says important notice from the Amazon Associates program. And if you uh, if you just joined us on the show, you can go to inboxradio.com and you can read that letter. And it basically starts up by saying. Dear Colorado-based Amazon Associate, we are writing from the Amazon Associates program to inform you that the Colorado government recently enacted a law to impose sales tax regulations on online retailers. The regulations are burdensome, and no other state has similar rules. The new regulations do not require online. Online retailers to collect sales tax instead are actually clearly intended to increase compliance burden to the point of where online retailers will be induced to voluntarily collect Colorado sales tax. Um, so, so what? I, re- I really kind of felt that with all the lobbying that was going on over the last few weeks, that that was going to be something that wasn't going to affect our industry. What's your What's your thought on it right off the bat, Kevin? 
Well, I was actually shocked when I said I'd let her come out because I know that we had the uh, the CEO of Shop at Home on our show last week, and it kind of sounded like they had a victory uh, in a sense. So it was a very bold move by Amazon. <laughs> and my question offline to uh, Bennett was, uh, and he didn't get to answer it yet, said he wanted to answer it on the air, how does that affect affiliate networks based um, within Colorado as well? And not... not their relationship with Amazon, we already know that's gone, but just their general uh, relationship um, with, with this, uh, with improving Nexus and uh, the tax. Ben, how, how is that affecting? So if I was, you know, an affiliate network in Colorado, am I in deep doo-doo right now? No, you got to understand what, what this law actually does. And it, it's, um, okay. you know, because Amazon's involved, it, it kind of conflates it with the, the three states that have Amazon taxes in uh, New York, Rhode Island, and North Carolina. What's different here is that they did it, um, Cal- Colorado considered that type of tax, but backed away. But they, instead, they, um, they still want to try to capture um, out of state, um, you know, um, excuse me, they still want to capture. Um, sales taxes, you know, by Colorado residents from out-of-state online retailers, and and so they created this system where the online retailer, or it doesn't even have to be online, you know, could be mail order as well, has to provide notice um, of that their consumer's duty to pay taxes, and then in essence has to give them a 1099 more or less, you know, the the equivalent of it by by first-class mail each year, or or be fined, and. Um, and so it just creates a huge administrative burden on the uh, the retailers, you know, out of state retailers, and and for that reason, I think it's definitely constitutionally suspect. Do you think we're going to see somebody get so nailed get, actually, on this? Actually, let me just quickly and to really directly answer Kevin's question. So yes. the difference here is that there is not anything tied to a nexus with an affiliate in state. It doesn't matter whether that person has an affiliate in the state or not. They're still going to be subject to the, the, the requirements. Okay. Got it. I mean, is it in essence, will they take galvanized screw nails and hold everybody's feet to the fire on this to get, it, to get this to take place, Bennett? Well, I mean, the, the law actually does have penalties and, you know, for failing to provide information and you know, penalties um, per, I think it's like uh, $10 per each um person you fail to provide notice to, which could be quite sizable. And um, so that, um, you know, they, they definitely are you know, putting the heat on, but I, I can't see this law getting very far without a court challenge. And I think that's just going to be the first thing we see right away. And um, anyway, it's just really an unfortunate provision. It's just, it's really draconian in terms of what they want to disclose. And, and once again, it just begs the question of how do we deal with online tax and sales taxes? And um, you know, this isn't the way to do it. Right, got it. <laughs> well, Ben, uh, thanks, thanks so much. For, you, you nailed my question. Thank you so much. You, you, uh, sure. you got it. Perfect. Hey, and Ben, just stick around a little bit. We're going to kind of get into a little roundtable here. And, of course, our first roundtable guest is the Director of Community at Blue Sky Factory. And they're an email service provider in Baltimore. And this gentleman's active, uh, of course, in the Twitter sphere. He does quite a few blogging. He also is in social media. And he resides in Salt Lake City. And we're welcoming him back to the show. And, of course, I'm talking about DJ Waldo. DJ, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, having me. I would... Uh I would say you, you held it there with the introduction, although um, you did call me a gentleman, which always throws me off when I hear that. <laughs> That's right. I forgot we were going to keep this show loose a little bit as, as, as well. Um, 
Hey, but, uh, you know, just before we kind of get into talking a little bit about there, you know, your take a, a little bit on the on the Amazon tax uh, and, and how, it, how it could effectively, uh, you know, if you see anything, any grumblings that are taking place in your arena. Um, not that, um, you know, I'm kind of probably embarrassed to say this, but I hadn't really heard about it until you guys just started talking about it. So um, I, I don't see, uh, I haven't seen it impacting us in any way, and, uh, maybe that comes down with our chief compliance officer a little bit, and, and he'll weigh in. Um, but he's not on this call today, so um, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a take on that at this point. Well, we'll send you some information and take a look at it. It's going to be a true nail biter uh, here as it, as it kind of comes into play. Like particularly when we thought that that maybe um, uh, that we're going to see it go away, but now that it's kind of rearing its ugly head a little bit, we'll um, we'll kind of um, we'll kind of keep an eye on it, and I'll send you some information on it as well. So, hey, you just tell us a little bit about the uh, about you just recently had an article that was published um, talking about best practices, and um, you know uh, we 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 talk about that word, we talk about it, uh, you know, quite a bit. Let's talk about it from your perspective a little bit, and why why it's so important. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about something that's more in my uh, my wheelhouse a little bit now. So, uh, yeah, so some best practices, I mean, you know, we'll talk about curling. You know, marketing. <laughs> yeah, cur curling? Yes. Yeah, I, I can talk a little bit of curling. That's like football, right? No, that's no, not really. at all. Actually, I think we all learned this from the Olympics. It's, uh, it's, it's not really like football. It's uh, more like a... Gosh, uh, shuffle board would probably be the best analogy, right, uh, Bennett? Yeah, shuffleboard and ice. Shuffleboard and ice, there you go. <laughs> right, so with the, the best practice stuff, I think when it comes to email marketing best practices, a, a lot of times, and, and a, a lot of what I, I tried to say in this article is that it's, it's, you know, you can talk about things that are best practices, but it, at the end of the day, it's about the practices that work best for you. So what I outlined in this article was actually a couple of examples of email marketers, one of them being Apple, um, and, and I think many of us probably get emails from Apple, and they break a lot of the rules that we in the industry would call best practices. The one they, they tend to break a lot is they send an email with one big image. And right. uh, for, for, for those that open their emails with images turned off, uh, you can't see anything. So, you know, one of the things that's interesting, though, is they break the rules, but one of the ways that they get away with breaking the rules is because part of it is they're a well-known brand and people trust them and, and know what they're, they have their expectations, they know exactly what they're going to get. So people tend to enable those images automatically and then that issue of best practices sort of goes away. In, in that particular case, uh, let's give some advice uh, to maybe some people that are newer in the industry that don't have, uh, as established a, a brand, maybe maybe some, some examples of those best practices that they could use. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, well, some of the things like if you if you really want to like nail it from the best perspective standpoint, you know, I think first you want to make sure that you have things like uh, what we call in the industry a pre-header. And I know Alex, when he's on, will talk a little bit more about this too, but you know, the pre-header is just that area at the very top of an email, um, the first thing that you see that allows people to get a little bit of a sense of what the email is about. Um, so I think that's the best practice that you should, you should really always have in every email. And the other two things that I think people tend to miss the most is a consistent from name. So if your name is, is you know, if you're Apple, send the email from Apple. 
Um, That's a great point. Great point. Apple There's a lot of people actually or, think that, oh, I'll get a bigger open rate if I change it to, you know, to different, to, to match the city offer or what have you. It's actually a great, great point. Yeah, it's got to be, but but think about it. People, there, there's only two. There's only two reasons people. Well, three reasons people open an email. One, they recognize who it's from and they're they're excited about it. Right. Two, they tie that with the subject line and it's something that entices them to open it. Or three, uh, they're like me and probably Alex, uh, and we just open every single email we get. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's critical to have a, a from name that people recognize. And I think that absolutely. Uh, you know, if you can. If you can nail the subject line, too, I think you're, you're uh, in good shape. Well, excellent. We're going to take a short break. Before we go to break, I'm going to go ahead and poise our, our question of the day. And this goes out, of course, not only to our listeners. If you're listening, you can, uh, you can either submit your answer into the webmasterradio.fm um, chat room or in the inbox radio chat room. And here's our first question of the day. Uh, give me the top three most popular winter Olympic sports, since we're sort of staying on that topic here, the top three most popular winter sports that we saw in the Olympics this year is our question. Oh, in the Olympics. Maybe, well, uh, there's the answer curling, John. I mean, gosh, you know, that's, uh, that was a no-brainer. Uh, by, measured by how, how many people watched them. Oh, okay. Well, I think a lot of people watch curling because those guys all had those funny checkered pants, remember? And that's what, that's what started the buzz early. <laughs> I can tell you this much, and you probably won't believe this, but it, 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 one of them is not curling. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, jeez. So I guess and because I uh, when, when I'm at the gym, I watch it. You know what I mean? Because it's the only thing on ESPN, and I don't have a remote to change the damn channel, so that's probably why. The Russian so team looked good. The, curling highlights. the Russian team looked good. What are you talking about? Curling wasn't popular. The female team looked good. I didn't even see female curling. I only saw the male... Uh, the, the male ones with the funny pants. No, the so females had it going on. I don't know. Females had it going on. No, in fact, it was really hard to distinguish the male curlers from the female Russian curlers. As well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, this is the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondi. Wow. Our question uh, of the first segment is what was the um, the top three most popular winter Olympic sports as, uh, as uh, indicated by the Nielsen Company? And that's the average primetime viewership that we saw between February 13th and 15th. So, all right, we're going to be right back right after these very short messages. Stick around, Brasco. We're going to toss it to you. When we come back from our break, we're going to bring on Alex Williams of Eroy, and we'll talk a little bit about him on our roundtable segment. I'm the Big Fabu. You're listening to Inbox Radio. Where else would you send it? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inbox will return after this. XYZ affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get Cracking, leave it comes with state of the art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866 XY7 page. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. <laughs> 
2010, the trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free is making its way to Denver June 21st to the 23rd. How would you like to come to AFCON 2010 and not pay a single penny? AFCON 2010 presents the AFCON 2010 Fully Free Experience Sweepstakes. Go to AFCON2010.com slash sweepstakes. You can win round-trip airfare, a three-night stay at the Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, and VIP access to all sessions, exhibits, and WebmasterRadio.fm's affiliate bash. All you have to do is sign up now at AFFCON2010.com slash sweepstakes. Be one of the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st to the 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy, live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. And once again, welcome back to Inboxed Radio. This is the March 10th, 2010 show. And, of course, we have got some great guests on the show here as well. And uh, we're kind of opening this up now to our roundtable. One of the rules we have on this roundtable is that uh, don't talk over the next guy because of the way that we're set up on our audio boxing system here. It basically just cuts it out, and and, uh, and nobody can hear anything. So in many cases, we don't want to turn this into uh, something similar to, like, trying to nail jello to a wall here. But, of course, right now, already on the line, we've got Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center. We've got the click father, Kevin DeVent. Vincenzi, DJ Waldo of, um, and he's a, a Blue Sky Factory, and uh, already sitting around here as far as we're in, and we're really excited to bring in now an individual that's joining us here. He's uh, helped to grow internet presence and email marketing strategy for clients in publishing and media. He works with business to uh, consumer as well as business to business. And he also helps out a lot of groups to understand emerging trends on behalf of their clients. And we welcome to our show a great guy, Alex Williams. Alex, nice to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Well, this is kind of great. We were really kind of leading into this here a little bit, talking about... Um, about uh, email best practices and uh, and really feeling which ones were across the board. I know that Kevin had chimed in on that. So um, why don't you go ahead and set this up a little a little bit for us, uh, DJ, and then we'll let Alex and uh, and Kevin chime in there. Yeah, sure. So you just want to hear about some some of the other best practices. I know we started talking about uh, you know we started talking about the from name is important and making sure that you're using something that's consistent and representative of of who you are and what your brand is. And I think the second most important thing is is probably the subject line. Uh, people open an email if it's if the subject line is enticing or interesting in some way. Uh, so I think where some people miss the boat is they try to do things sometimes that are a little bit too fancy, and they're not consistent with what the actual message is about. So you know, give somebody a reason to open that email. Yeah, I think um, I think subject lines are probably a more lazy best practice because that's definitely an area that you have to test for your own audience. Um, you know, like for, uh, for example, just for our own company newsletter at Eroy, we found that the more topics that were actually included in the newsletter that we put into the subject line increased the open rate and the click rate. And 
that would go against conventional best practices for subject line, which is, you know, keep it within 35 to 50 characters or so, but you really don't know until you test it out. That's and my opinion. Kevin, I know you're a big proponent of that as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the, the um, you, you have to look at it, not just your subjects, because that's just going to get you open, but then your click-through rate as well. You know, it, we see the same thing even in, uh, you know, to branch it to social media, where, you know, it, you've, you've got to get all the different aspects, um, you know, so besides just your subject, because, I mean, the subject may get the open, but, but if the subject is not um, directly related to your content, then... Um, then you're not going to get the clicks in your content. So I can see how if you add a lot of different um, subjects inside your sub in, inside your uh, subject line, that you would get more clicks. But then, of course, they're also distributed amongst all these different uh, all these different subject matters within your email. Correct. Okay. So. And when you have multiple when you have multiple content topics in there, right? If you right. just uh, you just say like, hey, here's this news, but there's Four news stories that might be attached. Right. You know, someone. So you're saying your overall click-through rate is higher, but but you also have more content within that email. So it is it is a little bit skewed from you know from that standpoint. I would think. Yeah, and yeah, and I, mean, I would a, add. I think you've got to you got to think a lot about what you what what is your goal of that email. I mean, mm -hmm. if you want sure. people to click on all those different articles, great. Then then include that yeah. in the subject line. But if you're if you're called, at, and I'm a big I'm a big believer in keeping everything consistent. So. Your subject line should be driving what you want people to click on in that particular email and ultimately either convert, purchase, buy, do something with it, but keep that consistent. Okay. There's one magic subject line that if you really want to get everyone to open it, you just say, don't open this email in your subject line. That. Don't yeah, click that, here. that, that, that works, and I've got, I've got a couple uh, that I use as well, uh, too, that... Uh, <laughs> they got very big opens, but the the challenge is that if you if you don't carry it all the way through into your body, you're not you're not going to get good results. So, you know, another hey, thing uh, that we saw that people would be able to test on subject lines, which I would recommend as far as finding a best practice for yourself, is to use more uh, you know more folky type of language or try to be less um, robotic with what you're saying and be more casual about it. We've seen a lot of people who've um, really done well with kind of loosening up the the style of how they do it as well. But I think it depends on your audience as well because you want to play to your audience. Um, so you know, obviously, if you've got your young young eighteen to twenty four year old men, you know, and, and you're writing a certain uh, subject to them, and as opposed to you know thirty to forty five year old men, you're gonna have a, a difference as to what people are opening and what the you know even if the interest is still generally the same as far as speaking to somebody. I think that's really uh, the point you're making, right? Yeah, it's um, the subject lines. Uh, I think from email marketing, if you're if you're a geek about it, like DJ is, um, <laughs> you uh, it's one of the funnest places to test because you really sure, can just do small granular type of things and see what see what happens with it. But I think to DJ's point, the uh, there needs to be a level of consistency there. You don't want to be all over the place. And, right, and also and, hey, it comes down to testing. At least if you're if you're consistent on a lot of your different, if your firm's consistent, 
and your header and footer is consistent, your content's you know pretty much consistent, then at least you're isolating it just to your subject instead of having all these different things like, hey, wow, this worked. You know, it's uh, one, one, of, one of my biggest laughs is when somebody comes and goes, hey, this works, and I don't know how, or I don't know why, and I go, well, you don't know why, yeah, because they didn't they didn't take all the steps they had to when testing properly to know why something's working, and they can never uh, recreate the success that they had. No, definitely, and you know that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was just going to say, re- I was going to say real quick too. If you hear Alex uh, contradicting me here and there, I think part of that has to do with me being a, a Michigan alumni, and Alex is an Ohio State alumni. So, uh, uh, there you we, go. Uh, we tend to dis- we just tend to disagree just because we disagree, and uh, so. But I will, I will say, you know, you, you keep coming back to all this this concept of best practice, and you know, I think those are the, the from name and the subject line are important ones, as are things like the preheader. But after that, it really does, we can talk about things that will help get your emails delivered and help get them opened, but it really does depend on your audience. And, you know, as everybody has, has sort of either mentioned directly or alluded to, uh, you know, if you, can, if you can nail down how to do testing and keep that one variable, you know, just, just, just keep the control group, then I think you really have a good idea of who your audience is and you can start to really target more for your audience, and then the best practice stuff really becomes the practices that are best for you. Very good advice. Well, great, guys. Um, I wanted to throw out, uh, see what we can do on our question of the day. Um, The top three most popular winter Olympic sports, as reported by Nielsen. Guys, go ahead and take a guess at what you think they are. Hockey? Yeah, sledding and hockey. Yes. Okay, Ben. Uh, figure skating. Figure skating. Yeah. Who, who said figure? Oh yeah. Okay. This is DJ. I say short, short track. <laughs> and Alex? Yes. I was saying What's figure that? skating. I thought was. I think figure, figure. skating's probably got to be up there. Brasco. Maybe the, the downhill. Um. Uh, no, we're still winning on answers. You're, you're still waiting like, on answers uh, in, wait, in the chat room. Okay. Yes. On that well, answer, okay. I would love the to most... uh, send a happy 70th birthday out to Chuck Norris today. All right. 70. Wow. 70. It's hard to believe. That's that's amazing. If we could all be in that kind of shape, or even close really, to it, <laughs> to be doing workout commercials at 70. Yeah, really. Now, Bennett, who is that age? It doesn't look halfway as good as, uh, as Chuck. <laughs> But, uh, hey, here's your answer, guys. Uh, the number one most popular Winter Olympic sport was freestyle skiing. Okay. Really? Oh. And number two was downhill. Number three was the luge. And I'm not sure that that became popular after that unfortunate accident that we had. Right. Number four, snowboarding. Number five, figure skating. And number six, speed skating. That is really surprising because I really thought that the figure skating would have been would have been higher up there on the on the on the on the chart. Yeah, same here. I always thought that was traditionally the big box office draw. Yeah. So uh, I know that it's uh, I know that it's popular uh, in the it's the most popular for for uh, for women watchers uh, and in oh, fact really? believe it or not fifty six percent of the Olympic TV viewers in the United States were female so that kind of wraps up our Olympics we can kind of put that away and kind of little put a little uh, tag on it there but more so than that here's the big question of the day and this is where we need everybody's impact. Uh, <laughs> 
And that is uh, kid, the click father, Kevin D. Vincenzi, is going to be going to Oklahoma next week for the start of the of March Madness. What the hell do you do in Oklahoma? Help! I did see, I mean, there was a really nice tornado yesterday that touched down, so I mean, I could always, you know, hop in a truck and do some tornado chasing. Um, but yeah, guys, that's a, that's a Are you going to Tulsa or Oklahoma City? I am going to Oklahoma City because that's where uh, the, the tournament is, so I'm doing round one and round two. Um, be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Just, but what else? What else do you do besides uh, go to the basketball game? You know, there's a couple, a couple of companies I've already hooked up with, and uh, you know, we shall see. Well, Oklahoma City's been trying to come get a, get some attention. They got the Sonics, and didn't they? Um, didn't they host uh, the Saints at one point, or for at least one game? I don't know. I don't know. No, the New Orleans Hornets were playing in Oklahoma City for a short. That's while. it. I'm sorry. Ah, yeah, that's it. Right. Oh, yeah, but any recommendations by any of our listeners would be great. Restaurants, bars, any recommendations would be awesome. Well, you can always go out and see if you can get your head caught in a barbed wire fence. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. actually, I'll be broadcasting live from there next week, so it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, Kevin, are you going just because you want to follow the regionals, or are you going to follow a certain team? No, no, I actually... Um I, I did that two years ago. I actually went uh, to follow UNLV um, through around the, the first two rounds. Uh, this time, it's just a, a friend of mine uh, that, that owns a, another network invited us out. So I said, okay, myself and uh, a buddy would go out for a couple of days. So that's really, you know, just just I said yes before knowing where we were going, and then found that it was Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, DJ and Alex, uh, are we going to see Michigan or Ohio and uh, getting that, get down in the in the money round? I'll let you go first there, DJ. Well, I don't really have much to say because Michigan's got to win the Big Ten tournament in order to even qualify. And, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm embarrassed at I'm embarrassed at how how poorly he's played this year. I would tell you to uh, watch out for those Buckeyes in the tournament. They got a tournament team. Evan Turner is going to be a uh, Final Four MVP, in my opinion. But oh wow, just my opinion. Well, I think got the, the thing uh, got the perfect tournament lineup. Well, I think the, the one of the things that I think we're going to see again with this with this tournament is, of course, it seems like viewer you know viewership is 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 going big, and we also kind of cover a lot of the. Um, we cover a lot of the uh, of the of the marketing that takes place during these during these these big tournaments. In fact, um, when you go back to uh, the top scoring brands, we'll go ahead and go back to the Olympics. We did uh, uh, we um, um, we did Super Bowl before that, but uh, the top the top five uh, companies of the top five brands um, that basically. Uh, came into play where Sony was the number one brand uh, during the Olympics. Number two, uh, the We Are the World Haiti relief effort was number two, and Nike wow. was number three. And uh, so, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what kind of advertisement and kind of target marketing goes in there as goes in there as well. And we'll of course have some kind of uh, some kind of a contest on that. But uh, we're going to take uh, we're going to take um, take a. Any questions that we have from our audience, I'm going to look into, into our uh, our chat room here to see if we have anything in there. And Brasco, any, any questions or any any comments out of your chat room? No, we're talking about Facebook pics in our chat room, and still talking about uh, the Olympic sports. 
Okay, well, let's go I'm ahead behind. and toss it back in there. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to break. This will go to DJ and Alex. Hey, is there any special secret sauce that you can, that you can uh, maybe give our listeners that they can start using and start testing when it comes to email marketing? Yeah, I'll go ahead and, I'll go ahead and kick that off. Uh, I, I think you know, I, I, when I do presentations, the slide I always show is actually a picture of, uh, of Larry Bird back from his Indiana State days. Uh, oh, my God. He's, he's saying, you know, it's kind of like his finger to his mouth with the secret that he's sharing with everybody. And the, se- the secret to me is, is you've got to send, this is a lot easier said than done, but you've got to st- send, send emails that are valuable to people. You know, mm-hmm. give me something that is of interest to me. You know, like to continue with the sports theme, uh, I'm a Michigan fan. If you're going to send me stuff about the Pac-10, about USC, I'm just not as interested in unless it's some controversy with their program. So tell me something that's going to be interesting to me and valuable to me. I'm more likely to open it. Uh, and then I think that's, that's, that's really the... Like where, where marketers nail that that secret sauce. I would say, uh, from my end, uh, if you're looking for the magic nail, um, or the secret sauce, if you have, however your email is laid out or whatever you're trying to do, put a lot of attention to your buttons in your email. Good buttons get clicked on. Um, experiment with them. Uh, there's a way if you Google a bulletproof button, you know, make sure that they degrade if the images are off. But uh, time and time again, a nice, good-looking, shiny button gets clicked on every time. I mean, is it, does it go the opposite way of where you just want to have it blast out there with the resuberance of maybe dragging a, uh, a metal chair across a bed of rusty nails? Do you, do you scream at people that way, or is that not, not that you, something that you wouldn't recommend? Um, you know, screaming is going to, it might work once or twice. It's not going to be a consistent type of thing um, that's going to provide success. But if you have a nice balance of imagery and copy and your button is placed in a way that lets someone scan through and figure out, you know, where they're going and what they're doing, that, that nice, that nice uh, well-designed button will, will solve a lot of problems in a lot of emails. Chris. I guess the whole idea is to, in that testing is to, is to take those results, put those results on a sheet of paper, and then basically when it's said and done at the end of the day, you can look at that piece of paper and, and quantify exactly what subject line nailed it and then, and then kind of then take it from there. Would that be a fair statement, guys, in closing? Yeah, I think, I think that yeah. uh, you make a really good point because where, where people miss the boat, too, is that, is that they do all this testing, but they don't, they don't look at the results afterwards and see what they works. They don't digest a you great point, to, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I would say um, the one thing with best practices, there's, 50, there's 51 million results for email marketing best practices on Google, but, you know, take a chance and put it on yourself. I think a lot of people go to the best practices because they don't want to be on the hook for something working or not, but, you know, take a chance. If you get an idea, you know, try it out, and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to have something work or not work. That's how you find the secret sauce, your magic nail. There you go. Hey, so if you if you if you go wrong and 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 you, and you stub your toenail, do you, do you just get back in there and just keep doing it? And and if I hear anything from you guys, just keep doing it and and, and learn from those results and and keep on trying. Well, the thing, John, is your results are so instantaneous, and and your your cost of testing is, uh, um, you know. But by by conventional means, not not expensive when you compare it to everything else. Um, that why not test? You know, we, we're big proponents of you know testing. 
Um, and then just, you know, the, the, it was a great point made, digesting those results and really seeing what happens because um, then you'll know where to, where to act upon your, uh, your information and where to, where to take advantage of it. Well, great, guys. I really appreciate we were talking uh, with DJ Waldo. He's given us some great information as well as Alec, Alex Williams. Uh, guys, we're about to drive the final nail in the coffin of our second segment. We've got one more segment to come back on, so kind of keep in mind we've got to help Kevin out for something to do when he's in Oklahoma. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about movies and the, the top U.S. box office earning movies, so keep that in mind now. We're looking for the top uh, box office earners that will take us back all the way from the beginning of January of 2009 right up until about now when we had the uh, the Oscars the other night. So again, I am the big fabu. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump in the kitchen here at the XY7, pour myself a nice rusty nail and sit back and, and cover it as we bring our third segment in. So uh, I'm the big fabu. You're listening to the Inbox Radio Show. Thanks again so much, DJ and Alex, for being with us. Hey, guys, will you come Thanks, back on the show again? Yeah, I would uh, do this all day long. Sure. I appreciate it. So you guys got Michigan and Ohio, and I'll throw my USC in there a little bit, and we'll uh, we'll hit the round table. Yeah, again. and you know, these a hundred to one, but why not? You never know. Yeah, there you go. All right, so, uh, all all right we're gonna toss it back to Nebraska. We got one more segment to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inbox will return after this. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the Ecom Experts. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
Once again, welcome back to Inbox Radio. This is the Big Fat Boo. I'm John Fondy, and this is, of course, our March 10th, 2010 show. Had a great show so far. We had DJ Waldo with us, as well as Alex Williams with us, and we'll have more experts on the show. And again, um, one of the things we want to do is make sure that you are informed, and one of the great things we have is keeping you informed with some hot offers that take place. And speaking of a hot offer, she's one in her very own, of course. We're talking about our one and only Sydney Mora. Sydney, nice to have you with us today. Hi, it's nice to be with you as well. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Hey, we're doing good uh, down here. Looking forward to having you come back. Hey, how's the little mascot doing? Oh, he's doing well. He's actually sitting right by my feet right now. I think he knows that he's on the radio show and he wanted to be a part of it. Well, I think so. You know, I kind of miss his little scamper coming in here from time to time, you know, uh, doing a little begging for food or a little scruff behind the neck there. And it's great to, great to have him around. Of course, when we do tours of the Palatial XY7 compound here, he's a, he's a perfectly good greeter, isn't he? He sure is. It's what he does best is to greet people. And so, uh, and and I think before before we know it, and then, then you'll be back down here, and then we'll be having some more fun with them. Hey, how uh, how are you guys doing up there? Weather about to break up there? Are you guys getting a little more snow? Oh, you know what? It's actually been extremely beautiful until today, and it's literally spitting snow right now. It's the first snow I've seen since I've been back. But every other day has been up in the 70s, so it's been really nice. And today is the first day it's actually snowing, which is a surprise because March is the wettest season or the wettest month of Colorado. Well, we actually had a little bit of snow in my neighborhood here in Las Vegas yesterday, and it's freezing cold and windy right now, and it's supposed to be 78 degrees next week. <laughs> next yeah, we had, we had one of our people, John, I don't know if you're even aware of this, uh, which we were joking around the call when she came back in today, that um, the... Uh, that Man versus Wild called for her to be on the show because she actually left her uh, her home in Utah yesterday at 2.30 in the morning to drive uh, into the office over here and uh, ended up getting in at 9.30 last night. So uh, it got stuck in, uh, in a uh, horrendous uh, snowstorm. So uh, oh my definitely God. still a lot of, lot of well, snow, yeah. What's that? At least she got in safely, right? No, she got in safely. She uh, she took a laptop with her with a wireless modem, so you know she got a lot of placements off the side of the road. <laughs> and, uh, she got to watch the weather report too and see you know wait for the tow trucks to come. But uh, not, not definitely not a position that uh, is fun to be in. Oh, yes, we're very happy she got all. here safely. Well, I'm glad that it's all safe. <laughs> definitely. Well, I think we need to kind of warm this conversation up a little bit. So let's talk about some hot offers that are being offered by XY7.com this week. Okay, well, some of our best offers right now are the Elite Made offers. Um, we have everything from Cougar to African American to Latina to gay, whatever you're looking for in a dating site, we definitely have it. Um, we have a lot of great email and zip submit offers. And we just got a really great new one-hour money now that actually is a first-page submit. Um, and it's doing pretty well, actually, and it's a $26 payout, unless you talk to your affiliate manager and convince them otherwise. And then we also have a net quote auto insurance. Um, I'm working on getting some Easter offers in as well, since that's a holiday that is coming up quite quickly. 
Cool. And also, we've got, uh, just to add in there, Sid, we uh, just added in uh, Mature Singles, um, which is a 40-plus, or actually pays on 35-plus um, dating site that comes from our friends over at SinglesNet. So it's uh, Mature Singles, uh, or SinglesNetMature.com. Um, which is a great uh, a great dating site as well. I'm actually setting up uh, some tests right now on our email servers and our, our social uh, buy. So that, I'm sure that's going to be good because we've done uh, different uh, senior uh, type offers before and they've done very well. So this one should be really good. And that one is only uh, currently on XY7 Elite. And are you thinking about in- in- incentivizing that offer with some poly grip and some denture cream? There you go, just so we can nail it. <laughs> Hey, what else is going on there, Sid? Um, that's all I've got on my end with any kind of offers. Um, otherwise, I'm jealous that you guys are going to have 78 degree weather. But I am coming. Yeah, out I'm, I'm actually uh, this I'll weekend going to probably take the uh, probably go out in the boat and uh, get the kids to enjoy some of the Las Vegas weather. Ooh. Yeah, I'm why not? It's about time to get. <clears throat> Sorry, I had bronchitis, and I'm getting over it, so my voice is in and out. <laughs> uh, no problem. Well, great. Again, hey, uh, kudos going out to a TC, the XY7 mascot. Make sure you keep him in great shape, and uh, we look forward to seeing you back down here with some warm weather. Again, we're talking with Sydney Murray. She's bringing the hot offers from XY7 and XY7 Elite. Thanks again, Sid. Be safe. Thank you. Well, Kevin, gosh, we're getting really kind of close to it, kind of rounding out the rounding out the show. We've got a, a, a really a great show planned for next week. Um, we're going to have uh, Robert uh, Burko, and he's the president of Elite Answers. He's going to be on with us as well as James O'Brien from Lashback. And um, a lot of the, these people are actually coming from the Email Experience Council, uh, which was brought to us by the DMA group. And, uh, and so they're providing us with a lot of really superstar guests. And awesome. I think you've got a couple of sleepers that you might have with us next week as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'll leave them as surprises. And plus, who knows, John, who I'll meet on my flight to Oklahoma. I mean, so we may have a, a whole new, new bunch of guests. Yeah, that's true. You might find that uh, one of them toothless uh, WWE wrestlers. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> so, um, but I tell you, that would be a great excitement. How to go to Oklahoma and actually have the time of your life. So that 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 could. Uh, we're looking forward to to some exciting information back there. Yeah, you know, I just the, the games alone are going to be exciting. Being able to watch uh, six six March Madness games live from a luxury suite's uh, more than enough fun. You know. I think so. Okay, so we'll go ahead and throw this out to uh, anybody check in on uh, answering any of those questions, Brasco, in any of the chat rooms. Please repeat the question again, and we'll get the answers coming in. Okay, this particular question was, we're looking for, uh, to date, from uh, from January 1st of 2009 until uh, February 23rd of 2010, what were the three top-grossing movies? The three top-grossing movies is what we're looking for. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, kind of see if we can get a quick post in there as well. So, But anyway, um, one of the things we talked about earlier was, of course, that uh, online advertising was increased. 
increasing. Um, here's a statement for you here, uh, Kevin. Uh, the, uh, the online display advertising for all the web brands in 2008 was about $838 million. In 2009, it was over uh, $1 billion. So we're looking at about, oh, uh, around about 15% increase in, uh, wow. in, in, in the usage. So if we look at that this year, you know, we could probably be $1.2 to $1.4 billion in web-based advertising. So it's really, we're really starting to see some, some things change. And I, and I have to say, Kevin, one of the reasons for this, I think, is because you're really able to have uh, a much better tracking system on what's taking place. And that means a lot to advertisers with limited budgets these years. It really does, John. They have to. The, the more you can track and the more um, um, input you can give them on results, the better an advertiser has to, uh, to have a successful campaign. You know quickly if there's a successful campaign. So I think it's... Uh, you know, it's great for the advertisers to be able to have that. So we're we're excited. I, I love working with guys that have never done that before. Um, they they've never worked online before, and they've worked either conventionally through print media, or you know inbound telemarketing or what have you. When they work with us and say, "Wow, I can actually get these results quickly and understand the different metrics," it's great. Well, here's an, uh, an article written by Brian Morrissey, and we talked about this uh, in the weeks before. It says uh, the question really is: is will Twitter wither? And there's a big debate on when and how Twitter is going to offer marketers paid placement. I mean, it's 50 million daily tweets. That This whole argument started back in again last week. There are some rumors out there that Twitter finally is going to unveil its ad platform, and they say that they're going to do it here this month. Have you heard anything uh, with that regard, Kevin? I have heard that they're going to release a platform. Um, I have not uh, seen it yet. I'd be very curious to see how they're actually going to monetize it. Um, you know, I've I've run into many people. You know, we hear every different angle out there in the online world of people monetizing uh, different advertising platforms, um, and and I've yet to see anybody be very successful with Twitter. Uh, on the other hand, you know, a great trend to look at going back to March Madness, John, is uh, CBS Sportsline came out with an iPhone app that's letting you view all the games live uh, from your iPhone. So that means if you use an ad mob or any of those different platforms to buy mobile ads, uh, you'll actually be able to get placements on that, which is really interesting because now you're, you know, if you can't afford to buy placement on CBS themselves, you may be able to afford to buy mobile placements on uh, CBSSportsline.com and on the live games, like the in-game ads, which is really cool. So definitely something, uh, something that's interesting. Uh, interesting trend. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll buy a few as well just to you know, and share our results with our viewers. Yeah, I think that's good because we we talked about Twitter about four or five weeks ago when uh, when there was actually uh, when there was actually uh, talk or scuttle that was running around. They even thought that the whole Twitter Twitter all in all was basically losing a lot of their market share, and uh, so they've they've probably been doing some do or die scrambling then uh, putting that into the March Madness vernacular. Yeah, well, I mean, they had to have market share first of all. You know, one of, one of the biggest things is. Uh, People had, uh, you know, believed that oh, Twitter had this great growth, which they did. Um, but if you actually speak to people and say, "Hey, do you have a Twitter account?" Unless they're, you know, the geeks like, uh, like us, John, they they may have a Twitter account because they saw it on Oprah or because they they heard Twitter is a thing to do. But it's almost like MySpace in the original years. Nobody logs in. Nobody logged in. You know, so uh, so everybody will say they have a Twitter account, but if you've never logged in and never tweeted, then you know. That's a bunch of dead, you know, dead users. So, um, 
So, you know, I'd, I'd much rather see traffic numbers as opposed to uh, just a general, just general number of how they grew. You know, uh, Facebook can quantify it by saying, okay, we have 400 million users and, and 200 million uniques per day. And, and that, I, I haven't seen anything out of Twitter except, you know, that they had this big growth spurt because of Oprah and a couple of other people mentioning, you know, mentioning the, the word Twitter and everybody signing up to get an account. Yeah, and in fact, she was back at it, uh, I think it was on Monday. Um, she actually does a show every year that she does live uh, from uh, from where they have the Oscars at, and she'll basically have several of the Oscar winners and several of the of the information that uh, the people that were there, and of course, naturally, a lot of people were were uh, were tweeting about that as well. We still have Bennett Kelly on the line. We got about a minute left. Bennett, go ahead and uh, and take take the last uh, last comments of what's going on on the uh, the legal side of our industry. Well, the legal side, obviously the big thing right now, everyone's talking about Colorado, but on St. Patrick's Day, the FTC will be having the third of its um, three three rounds of um, roundtables on privacy. And so the, the key will be um, look for something from the FTC in the summer in terms of guidance as to where it's going. Hmm, will, those, will those roundtables be actually during St. Patrick's Day? Surprisingly, and they will be within walking distance, literally a block of one, two of Washington's most famous Irish pubs. <laughs> awesome. So uh, look, look for either a poorly attended or quite animated attendance um, at, at the FTC in Washington on, on Wednesday. Unfortunately, I'm going to be flying, I'll be coming back from South by Southwest, so I'll be quite sober. But um, <laughs> my hat's off to those in Washington. Well, Bennett, uh, great kudos going out to you. Tell us a little about you're a superstar. You've got a great video up on YouTube. Tell our viewers how they can take a look at that as well. Oh, that was just a um, – I, I spoke to a small group of people, mo mostly uh, b baby boomers who are unfamiliar with the Internet and how to do um, you know, basic things on the Internet, including email marketing. So I just you know, put together um, – a summary, a 10-minute video on how to you know, protect yourself by you know, doing a Google alert and how to use email marketing programs and things like that. And, you know, of course, yeah, I had some fun with it, made, made some jokes out of it. But, um, yeah, it was good. It was, so. uh, I, I really enjoyed watching it. Good stuff. And it's on um, the uh, – I can put the link up on the site if you like. But it's, um, That'd be great. The, the username is um, winter, um, wintersurf09. What, that was Winter Curler 09? Winter Surf. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, got it. Well, anyway, hey, Kevin, you're going back to Oklahoma. I'm sure the excitement's going to curl your oh, toenails. What are you back to? Hold on. I'm not from Oklahoma, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I've got an assignment for you, uh, Kevin. Uh, yeah. While you're back there... See if you can find something or somebody back in Oklahoma that would p pertain to our show. You know, somebody that would be working in technology or emails. We could actually get somebody from Oklahoma on the show next week. Well, I do. Actually, uh, Mike Pacheco from Industry Clicks, the, the gentleman that invited me, I'll see if he wants to be on the show next week because uh, once we get to, uh, I'll probably go to his office first. He's picking me up at the airport. So maybe we'll just call him directly from his office and you can, uh, you can get it straight from the horse's mouth. Um, being I think he's got a couple of horses, pigs in the back. And Kevin, remember the Three Dog Night song, I've Never Been to Heaven. The line goes, I've never been to heaven, but I've been to Oklahoma. So there's got to be some hope. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. 
<laughs> All right. Well, speaking of three oh, dog nights, I think these dogs have been howling just enough here. I am the big Fabu, thanking all of our guests today for being on the show. Alex Williams of uh, of Eroy, and of course DJ Waldo. He's the director of community at Blue Sky Factory. Ben and Kelly, thank you so much. Travel thank safe. You. Sydney and TC, remember we've got uh, we've got a, a one-page submit for twenty-six dollars. Uh, so make sure you get on that hot offer train as well. And of course, uh, the click father Kevin D. Vincenzi heading back to Oklahoma to the start of the first uh, they, they, rounds of There you the, go with the uh, back two again. That's right. Only <laughs> two things you? come from Oklahoma. <laughs> and what would that be? Steers and queers. Coming <laughs> up <laughs> from Officer to Gentleman. Wow. Uh, well, that's why we love you, Benny. You're so politically correct. And then the next line is, uh, I don't see any horns on you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, after that moving statement, this is the big Fabu saying it's been a pleasure being with you. Brasco, thank you so much for doing your thing. Thank you so much also for Anthony in our inbox radio studio taking care of things on this side. I am the big Fabu for Kevin DiVincenzi, the click father. This has been this issue of inboxradio.com. We'll see you next week. Our show is live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. if you happen to be on the, um, the right coast. And next week we've got Robert Burko, president of Elite Answers, James O'Brien from Lashback, and Mike Pacheco of Industry Clicks. Again, this is the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondi. This has been this edition of Inboxed Radio. We'll see you next week.